Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Well, let me hear the music, Colin. Take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this Monday, October 17th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Homes and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned, full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer Dupuynick, Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us as uh, we'll look back on some EPAC football from Friday night where Martinsburg got a shutout victory over Spring Mill, 63 to nothing, and uh, kind of a slow start because Spring Mills took the ball and started running it and running the clock. Oh, yeah. The first drive for Spring Mills looked really, really good. If you and it lasted like the half game, the first quarter, yeah, they were able to almost have like a seven minute drive, maybe six and a half. I'd have to go back and uh double check, but they went. Two of three on fourth downs in that drive and really backed up Martinsburg field position-wise because of it. But then Martinsburg was able to score on four plays. So Field position-wise? I know. I keep saying that, but I'm just going to ignore your snorts on air because it it is my favorite word. I'm a wise guy. Are we sure about that? Uh, It's either the expression, a wise guy, or I'm knowledgeable. We'll have to wait and see. I don't know about that second one. <laughs> All right, but continue talking about this ball game. It seemed like after that, uh, being on the Martinsburg sideline, they were not happy with the way the defense was playing. And uh, it seemed like after that kind of middle of the second quarter, things started turning around and going completely Martinsburg way and uh, in a dominant fashion the rest of the way. Yeah, we saw a pick six. We saw a punt block. That was a touchdown. We saw crazy two-point I don't even conversion. know if that was a block. From what I saw and then what I when I talked to Rick Kozlowski of the Journal at halftime, he had some photos. He wanted to know which photo looked good from my okay, opinion. Okay, so you think he fumbled the snap? Is that I think he went to drop the kick, and he didn't drop it to kick it. He just dropped it. Okay. The I'll way the photo the looked kind of – brought that to my that's how my opinion that's what i got from it but uh yeah and then uh what a punt return that was fumbled and then picked up by yeah, the, that that's the one that i was more questioning is that a punt return touchdown or is that just a fumble return for a touchdown record wise because it's a muff punt by hunter who then fumbles it and then blackwood scoops it up and scores so i think it's actually a fumble return touchdown i could be wrong but i believe that would go down as a punt return touchdown because of if you were to fumble the ball on an offensive play, let's say running the ball, and then somebody recovers, it's a rushing touchdown, I believe, for the offense. Mm-hmm. So I could be wrong, but I believe that would just go down as a punt return touchdown. Yeah. Okay. But either way, it's a touchdown, and that's all that really matters. But I think um, for the game itself, yeah, Spring Mills had the right – strategy to win this game potentially or at least make things interesting i don't think they ever really had a chance to win but they could have made it interesting with how they were playing early in the game you know, taking a lot of the clock keeping the ball away from martinsburg if you're going to compete with the bulldogs or at least make the score respectable 
Uh, that's something that you have to do, but eventually Martinsburg's going to turn it on and just score so quickly and continue to score, and, and their defense executes there down the stretch where um, you know they're unable to really stop them. So, What do we think about this? Yeah, I was about to say, oh, I'll let you finish your point at first, sorry. Ezra Bajan, 6 for 10, 199 yards and four touchdowns. So four of his six completions – were touchdowns. That's pretty efficient. That's exactly the word that I was going to use was efficient. But the point that I wanted to bring up just to maybe put you guys on the spot in a way for this, uh, first half for Martinsburg, only 10 offensive plays. Just hearing that stat alone, what's a realistic score that you'd think in your head hearing that from the way Spring Mills was playing and I mean, I think if you just if you just gave me that Martinsburg had ten offensive plays in the first half, uh, I would say a seven-seven ball game. It at the I would say that Spring Mills put up some points. Initially, without looking at anything else, I was like, well, if they only had ten offensive plays, well, Spring Mills had to put up some kind of points in this. But one. yet they were able to score two offensive touchdowns on those. Yeah, <laughs> or was it three? I think it was. I can't remember off the top of my head. It was three. It was just crazy to think because then, you know, in the third quarter, this game was already out of hand at halftime. Yep. And, you know, if you're Coach Sherman, you have to continue to play your guys because they've only run 10 offensive plays. You can't take them out after 10 offensive plays. Yeah, Yeah. especially because you want them to get experience and gear up for this week. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not knowing, obviously, how the game played out, it's tough to read. You know, typically you don't think that you would have that many points at halftime with just 10 offensive plays, but also knowing the way that Martinsburg's able to score at times and can score in all three phases, it's not super surprising that even though they only had 10 offensive plays, still had a control uh, at halftime and a big lead. But it, it is not for the normal team, you would say, no way that that would be the score. But Martinsburg's obviously not the normal team. and Exactly. Uh, you know, good win this week for the Bulldogs. I think they cleaned up a lot of those issues that they've had throughout the early part of the season. Um, but I think Spring Mills can also take some positives away from this one, even though it wasn't, you know, a great performance for them. I think the way they executed at times in that first half, you know, if you're able to finish some of those drives with some points, you could at least uh, have made things interesting in the first half, if nothing else. But um. yeah a good bounce back win for the dogs I think it's what we expected to happen so not a whole lot to take away when you're playing a younger Spring Mills Cardinals team that isn't quite there yet but I mean in the future they could definitely be competitive honestly though if you keep those times of possessions up mm-hmm. and you have another year in this offense for Max Anderson and you know those other players on the team I think you could score a couple you could put up a couple scores in that game you have the more experience you're going to maybe make it more on fourth down than they did get it better in the red zone yeah i think that in a year or two maybe we see spring mills actually put points on the board against martinsburg where they put up 16 last year when anderson was a freshman but you also put into perspective everybody else that was on that roster you can't just say it's one guy yeah, and uh, and they only play what four seniors, and they were all out. Mm-hmm. So I mean that that's that's exactly what you put into perspective. Four seniors, they're all out. You don't really have much senior leadership 
And, you know, we saw the improvement that Hedgesville built when they were playing Martinsburg from last year to this year. So you got to think maybe next year we see improvement from Spring Mills to when they play Martinsburg again. Uh, but again, a 63 nothing shutout victory for Martinsburg. And before we talk more, I sent you guys a text yesterday in the group thread. Did you see what it said? Yes, it was crazy. I was waiting for you to bring it up. Martinsburg points versus EPAC teams so far this year. And it starts uh, in the order of the games. 62 versus Musselman. 63 versus Hedgesville. 63 versus Washington. 63 versus Spring Mills. The latter two of those are shutouts. Yeah, I mean, that's why you don't really have to worry about if Martinsburg's going to win the state championship because you look at what they've done in state and it just hasn't been close. And really, besides their two losses, uh, they've dominated. So They've given up 26 points between the two games with 20 to Musselman, which is, we have to say, the next closest team in this conference. The only team that can... For sure. What? I said for sure. Like, the only team that seems to be on a level closer to Martinsburg than any of these other teams, which makes sense because these teams, the other teams are still building. This year for Musselman but it should is, be a year where they can put up 20 points against the Bulldogs. It is kind of tough to read because Musselman was the number one team in the state this past week and went on the road and uh, did lose to Wheeling Park. Now, I think Musselman's got a lot of good wins on their resume, but you know how good is Musselman? I don't know. Yeah, you talk I mean, about I, Musselman. I still think they're good. Like they're a top ten team in the state, but they may may have been a little bit too high there at number one uh, in terms of where you actually expect them to be at the end of the season. Well, you talk about that thirty four to seven loss to number thirteen Wheeling Park. Um, you know, I was looking at the article that was contributed from uh, the Northern Panhandle to the Journal, and uh, Coach Thomas is quoted as saying, "Going into the game, we knew Park was was a really good football team. They lost to two very good Ohio football teams." They have a lot of weapons. They turned in some big plays on us. They're a top 10 team. So I think it goes to show the out-of-state competition helping a lot of these teams. Yeah. Whether you win or lose, outside competition goes to show how much it helps. Yeah, Wheeling Park's a good team, so it's not a loss that you would say is concerning in terms of Musselman losing, but it may put more into perspective of where they'll end up being when the season's over you know we thought maybe they had a shot uh, if they kept winning to be uh you know obviously be the number one team heading into the playoffs and then have a chance to play martinsburg for a state championship which i don't know if that's a realistic possibility at this point but um they are still a good musman team wheeling park though is just a good team that had two losses because of who they played uh, like Coach Thomas said, you know, they're a top 10 team in the state, but I still think Musselman's a top 10 team in the state as well. It's just a little blemish there on the re- on the resume form. I completely agree. I think it's a very good Appleman team that just got beat because Wheeling Park was the better team Friday night. We heard uh, from Coach Thomas when we interviewed him. Wheeling Park had the uh, fastest kid in the state, had a lot of athletes, so it's tough to match speed with speed, and when you have to play both sides of the ball trying to do that, which we know Musselman does, it's going to wear you down, and it was a competitive first half like we saw, even though the original score that I believe we had, I think it was, what, 13-7 at the half? Yeah. So from there it became 34-7, you said, right? Yeah. So Quiet on the EPAC front this last weekend or this last Friday. 
as Washington was the only other team in action. They fell on their homecoming. They got shut out by Preston, twenty-two to nothing. Now one and six on the season. Um, just seems like can't anything can't go their way. Yeah, that one was definitely surprising. I think I all three of us said that that was a winnable game. Winnable for game and at least put up some scores. Washington, so being shut out at home against a Preston team, which we also did hear from Coach Simpson that their record would fool us a little bit, that it would be a competitive game, and that it was a really solid team from the Knights, but still being shut out is definitely surprising. Yeah, definitely is surprising. Uh, Jefferson and Hedgesville were on buys, though they're back in action this week. But a big week in the state of West Virginia. Kind of, it's going to shake some things up this week, guys. Yeah, it almost we're looked like it was going nine. to be number one, number two, and number three all losing, according to the WVSSAC ratings. But number two in Park South was able to hang on but and get that, a win. Does that move them back because? Morgantown rated as the number 11 team. It doesn't matter. They won. No. Okay. They won. Yeah. They'll be number it, one. It may move them back in terms of what your opinion of Parkersburg South is, but in terms of uh, the points and everything, they got to win. So that's 12 points for Parkersburg South. Plus, look at the bonus points. Uh, so, yeah, Park Spouse is going to be number one next week. Um, and they're a good team, and Morgantown's a good team. I mean, that was a excellent football game yeah. uh, on Friday night. And Parkersburg South held a 41-27 lead at one point. So things were looking like the Patriots were going to uh, you know, cruise the victory there. But, I mean, Parkersburg South has some good wins. They've beaten a lot of ranked teams at this point in the year. Get another win over Morgantown. Um, I think they're deserving of that one spot based on how the ratings are going to be distributed now. Are they the best team in the state talent-wise? I don't think so. I think everybody still believes Martinsburg is. Yeah. But uh, I think they're among the top five um, if you were to put the teams in talent. I'd probably put them closer to five than one, but I still think they're a good team. Do we think Hurricane, legit contender to make it to the island in December uh, with that upset victory over Cabell Midland 35-14? to 14? I mean, and we it's heard that they were undefeated at the time. I think it was, again, I can't remember who they lost to. But we knew that their offense was really good, and again this week it showed. So that's why they were able to. That's who I thought it was was Spring Valley that knocked Hurricane off, and then Spring Valley got knocked off by Cabell Midland. Midland. Now Hurricane goes and beats Cabell Midland. Yeah. So the Mountain State Conference right now is just a uh, a logjam. I mean, there's some good teams there every year, and those teams are just kind of beating up on each other. So it's hard to read who is the best team out of that group. I think it might be Spring Valley, but it could also be the Huntington Highlanders are right there, and they could uh, get some wins still before the season's over. That would propel them into that top three situation, maybe even over Parkersburg South at one point. So we'll have to wait and see. But uh, they got a win over Parkersburg, which was a solid win. Um, So... Things are definitely uh, getting interesting, and that's the thing that Martinsburg's saying there if it's two losses, but the Bulldogs probably aren't going to lose another game this year in the regular season um, based on who they play for the remainder of the season. So there's some chances still for Martinsburg to move back up. Uh, It's kind of an outside chance, but there is a chance there, I think, for it to happen uh, because of how competitive that those other conferences are. And all those teams are pretty even. Where really on any given Friday night, 
you know, Spring Valley could lose to, I don't know who's last on there. Huntington can beat Spring Valley. I know they already beat them, but, you know, Huntington can beat Hurricane. And then Cabell Midland could beat whoever. So it's like those four or five teams there that are all going to play each other. It could either really help one team move up or we could see all kind of three or four of them beat up on each other and then that could help the Bulldogs. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, but it and, should be interesting. And you talk about that. We'll just kind of quickly look ahead to some big matchups this Friday because, again, it, we're week nine. We're three weeks away from the end of the regular season, three games away. Uh, Princeton-Bridgeport, 4-2, 6-1. Mm-hmm. Could be a big game there. Uh, Wheeling Park plays Brook 5-2 and two versus 4-3. and three. Um, Huntington-Cabell Midland face off 6-1 and one versus 5-2. and two. And if Huntington wins, they'd be seven and one and force Cabell Midland to five and three. But if not, you've got two two lost teams there. I, it's it's going to be a big week, I think. When it look, you look at the overall ratings, we could see another big moving of of things. John Marshall Morgantown, two four and three teams play on Friday. That could shake some things up. Um, who else? I, it looks like Hurricane's going to get an easy win to go to seven and one, playing two and five Riverside this week. Uh, Spring Valley, George Washington face off this week. That could be a good game. I think Spring Valley probably handles business there, but again, that's another team there, GW, who's kind of on the fringe of being pretty good. That could, you know, on any given night potentially figure some things out and pull off an upset there. I mean, you would think Spring Valley takes care of business, but it's definitely not a cupcake game. No, them. but, I mean, we could see another Friday night of some interesting losses. Yeah. yeah. Definitely that would shake that. things up makes once things again. And you want it to help Martinsburg, since Martinsburg's right now a two-loss team. You want those teams to beat up on each other, have to go two and two out of the matchups that they have against each other down in that conference to hopefully propel – Martinsburg to a better positioning it's still going to be tough to get one of those top two spots to have all home games I think realistically for the Bulldogs but if you can get two out of the three before going to Wheeling Island that'd be nice yeah I mean I don't want to put Nick on the spot but he tried to do some ratings last week and they didn't come out the way they were so I don't know if he's going to want to do those again today no I probably won't do that nah I don't know what I Miscalculated. It must have been bonus points, something there where I just didn't. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but Martinsburg Jefferson. That's close, though. Martinsburg Jefferson on Friday night uh, will be there, obviously. Uh, but, you know, a year ago, we were talking about this being the EPAC game of the year, and it uh, wasn't even close. wasn't the EPAC game of the year. Yeah, it showed you just how much better Martinsburg truly is, even when people can. I guess uh, put false hope, maybe? I I don't know. I don't want to be too hard on Jefferson because it was still a great team that they had last year. It was just the fact that Martinsburg's above and beyond everybody in the state. Yeah, I think you can't really compare, you know, Jefferson's success to what Martinsburg's success has been like. Um, I mean, it's crazy because because last year Spring Mills put up more on Martinsburg than Jefferson did. Yeah, but, I mean, it's just different game, different case scenarios <laughs> yeah. there. So, I mean, I, I yeah, it's not going to be probably too close on Friday night, but I do think Jefferson's a team that's gotten a lot better. Um, and like we said, you know, last week, they were just a few points away from knocking off Musselman, and you could have seen Jefferson in that top five 
I don't think their wins would have been as impressive as the Appleman's were, but still, no. they could have been sitting there because they would have been five and one or whatever, and just like Musselman was and was the number one team for a week. So, yeah, but that's a game we'll have on Friday, obviously. Uh, but let's talk some EPAC sectional soccer that begins tonight. Nick, uh, very interested in talking about some sectional soccer. Uh, yeah, uh, we got some uh, good matchups tonight. Just wanted to go over that we have sectional soccer tonight so hopefully it's a good one colin well there is sectional soccer we won't have it the broadcast yeah we'll have monday night we don't have it tonight but it's wanted to wish them best of luck i mean we want teams from the area to do well hopefully make it to the state championship and win so believe it's spring mills hosting martinsburg and then hedgesville hosting musselman so i did not see on the other side if and girls soccer uh, is in action as well Washington Jefferson type deal, but we could get that info maybe. Yeah, we could. So uh, Washington, I think this is the boys. Oh, so if both boys and girls, Washington will host Jefferson. There we go. Uh, five and seven p.m. respectively. The finals are slated for Thursday, but uh, Spring Mills both Martinsburg and boys Hedgesville entertains Musselman and the other one girls play Musselman Hedgesville five p.m. Spring Mills at Martinsburg girls at seven p.m. So should be some good sectional action tonight. We'll recap it tomorrow on the show, but that will do it for this first segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Camp Parsons Ford at Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk a little Shepard and what else happened in some cra- a crazy weekend in college football. Uh, School is looking for donations to get new field goal posts to play a game on Saturday. We'll talk about that after this two-minute break. You're tuned to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRN on TV 10. And pray to God I see headlights. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you today. As Colin, a little late over there, arrival. Moved his, mu- moved his mic while I turned it on. I was doing what you asked me to do. And thank you for that. Uh, and you throw me under the bus. Uh, I had your mic on and you were moving it, so Sorry. I didn't want weird feedback. Why are we always picking on Colin? Man. I know. I just didn't want feedback-wise anything to happen. Okay. He does what he can over there. <laughs> I don't think he caught the little little, little jab I just threw. It is what it is. All right. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix. Shepard gets another win in dominating fashion over Millersville on homecoming. And what was a huge crowd, uh, not surprising, way over sellout, 6,471 fans according to the attendance. Could have been more there. I don't know how they calculate it because there's so many people in the in the tents to hey. the right of us. There's so many people in the on the field next to the locker room. There's so many people there. I mean, you gotta love that college football atmosphere, Nick. For yeah. a D two school, wasn't a lot of Millersville fans, so that might have been why that number isn't as high as you thought. That's true. Well, we told Coach McCook on Monday Night Mayhem last week we wanted to see over six thousand. So right, we well, did. You got it. Reached that goal and, uh, almost sixty five. Yeah. Andre. It's an interesting so. game. You know, that first half, Shepard goes out to that early 14 nothing lead, and then Millersville puts in its truly better quarterback in Robert Footman, and 
while he's not the best passer, he just brought a spark to the Marauders for a little bit there. And they cut into the lead, make it 21-17 at halftime. Shepard has a few things go wrong, of course. The interception uh, by Bajant, Ronnie Brown fumbles a kickoff. And while it never – like I knew Shepard was going to win that game still, it definitely led to some interesting moments where you see the potential that this Millersville program has for the future, which used to be a really solid program. Uh, for years, you know, in the 90s and early 2000s, they were a pretty good team. Uh, and then for whatever reason, things have really fallen off there. But Coach Morgan's trying to build it back up for the Marauders. And I think in the near future, they could be pretty good. But at this point, Shepard's just, you know, way better than Millersville. And that better than most of the teams in the Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference. To an extent. I mean, there's a lot of teams in that conference. There's a lot of talent there. Um, in the upper echelon, I guess. And, and you got to think about the Western division as well. You know, there's a lot of teams that Shepard avoids this season. You don't have Slippery Rock. You don't have IUP. Those are some other good quality programs uh, that the Rams could face in a conference championship game, but you got to get there first. Um, but uh, I would say that, you know, the Shepard pulls away. They're the better team at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, Tyson Bajan does his thing in the second half, but they also get good performances from Ronnie Brown and find a way to really beat up on Millersville 55-17. The defense gets some touchdowns. Kind of got lucky there with that fumble that was called a touchdown or called a fumble, and, and Dante Harrison picked it up. I don't know if it was. I watched it back. I was still not really certain about it, but hey, no, I mean, no replay if they missed the call, they E2 missed the football. call, and it's a good heads-up play by Harrison to pick it up and keep running because, well, if you don't hear a whistle, you got to go score. So, And that's what how football should be played. Except for in the Division Two level, they just don't have a replay. What do you mean? Like, you don't blow the whistle. Oh, yeah. Like, Unless we, you know for certain. We've seen this. We saw this happen in, I think, what was it, the Marshall game on last Wednesday. Uh, somebody, I think, who's the backup quarterback? I can't remember. Uh, Cam Fancher? Cam Fancher. I can never say his name. I thought it was Fincher, but it's Fancher. Uh, it was like a fourth down, and he fumbled the ball, and they blew it dead as if he passed the ball, but they blew it dead so they couldn't review the play. You let the play run, and then you can go back and review it. Yeah. That's just the, the point of letting the play run itself out, and then if this was a playoff game, they'd be able to go back and review it. Yeah, and it was a good win for Shepard. Um you know, again, unfortunately, we can't go to Westchester this week. That would have been one of the more competitive games, I think, for Shepard in the East Division. Um, but you know, we don't have a spot, and they won't let us set up anywhere for it. So, kind of can't do that one. So, uh, that should be a good challenge, though. I mean, Westchester had a back and forth game when the, those two teams met down a year ago. Uh, Shane Dooley is their quarterback. He threw it around pretty good. Um, so it should be a fun game next week, but I think it was good that the Rams faced some early challenges in this one, and we knew that Millersville defense is pretty tough, and they proved that, I think, throughout the game, even though 55 yeah, four points turnovers. given up. Yeah. I've got a funny kind of thing just to keep make it funny, you know, lighten the mood up. Uh, is the mood low? I mean, after I was about to say, it's a 55 Lighten the mood line. here. Shepard's scoreboard doesn't like to work when they score a billion points after yeah, they score a billion points. I don't know what happened with it, but... It, <laughs> They got it working at one point, and then it just stopped. But it was okay. Yeah. Uh, why we're here in Division Two college football, do we remember what we said was on Saturday? Yes. 
Big, huge matchup in D2 Big, college huge. football. Huge matchup. A huge, say, you don't need, a huge matchup in college football. D2 college football. Uh, number two versus number one, Grand Valley State versus number one, Ferris State. And Grand Valley State knocks off the number one team, 22 21. So we're going to have a mix up. One, two, and a flip. flip. Probably. Yeah. I, I was kind of hoping, since, you know, one would have a blemish that. Do you want to know how many Shepherd people attended that game? Up, and, but when it's one point loss like that, and you probably just flip those two. And you want to know how many people no, no, attended that game? might allow the Rams to move up. You want to know how many people attended that game at Ferris State? Over or under Shepard? Double. Double? Okay. 12,661 paying fans. I mean, you get to some of those bigger Division two programs that yeah. have a little bit more money than the Rams do, and you really do see uh, a bigger interest in Division two college football. That's the one thing about the PSAC. Unless you're playing at Shepard, Kutztown, Slippery Rock, maybe IUP, depending on the season, Cal, uh, really they don't get huge crowds there, which is kind of disappointing when you go on the road but uh when you get into some of those you know midwestern teams that are really good and you know consistent powers like ferris state they're gonna get big crowds so good matchup there Uh, they're from michigan right both teams are from michigan yeah Yeah. michigan football is big there yeah big house exactly and Big House Michigan themselves are doing pretty well. All right. That's Division Do we want to know what the capacity there is? So you said 12,000. I'm guessing 15. 10,000. And they had it pretty packed. So it's this is coming from, oh, I don't know, this might be, is this Fair State? I don't know. If top, you're going to give it to us, Spencer, yeah, give it to us, man. you got to have it ready if you're going to tell right, us, man. Let me find it. Hype it all up, and then we don't even get a number. I know. He says he has it. Now he has to find it again. What did I say was the total number? 12,661. 12, That's the highest attendance in their history. There you okay. Go. But you didn't give us the capacity still. I can't find the capacity. Okay. capacity. I think it's around 10,000. Probably. I don't have the mental capacity anymore for this. <laughs> All right, but that was a big that was a big game in Division Two college football. Is going to move. Was. A I think the Rams around. are going to move up. That's my prediction. How? Because they're a one loss team. So one loss teams go down, and no loss teams go up. You know, how college football polls. Are. I don't know. It's one versus two. They're Doesn't just going to flip. They still lost. Move them up. I mean, Bama did fall to what? That's true. They, they freaking fell. Exactly. They, they, fell fell. That's AP they fell hard. That's College true. football playoff. They fell like the goalpost that, that Neyland Stadium fell. Uh, we. I was just happy that nine, nobody got hurt I that I heard of because that's always been an issue with field goalposts being taken down. Is it falls on somebody? I believe that happened. Yeah, at but so big WVU upset. before, which is why WVU now has the bendable ones. Didn't know they were bendable. Yeah, there's uh, a part that from where it's planted in the ground. You take off the padding, and it just goes hmm. down so that it's not a full-on goalpost like you typically see at high schools. It's Very basically two pieces with a lever in there or whatever. All right. Well, Tennessee knocks off the number three team in the nation, Alabama. Tennessee was number 652-49. It was a big lead at halftime for Tennessee. Alabama comes storming back, uh, but a late field goal lifts Tennessee to – a 52-49 victory and chaos ensued at Neyland Stadium. Chaos ensued in the entire state of Tennessee. That's probably true. They're, they Took were Took the goalpost, hard. went down the road, dumped it in the sea, 
Dumped it river. in the river. I was about to say, there's uh, no sea in Tennessee. Reminds me of the Conference USA Championship there's game from 2014 uh, with Marshall. Uh, you just see the way that Marshall Stadium happens. See? To what? I'm just mocking you now because you keep saying C. All right. I keep saying Y's. (laughs) All right. Well, at Marshall, they've got like two roads. They're like roads, right? They're walking paths that go up out of the stadium next to the Shoei building. But they're enough that you could fit a car in there. So they take them road. I'd hope so. They take them up the little things and then they go out on Fifth Avenue. But like there's just this picture in my head from watching it on ESPN where there's somebody like sitting on the upright part or the part that goes from the ground in the upright and that's just my favorite thing that i always think of when i when a goalpost leaves the ground anything is, just to get marshall in the conversation what is the college football world going to do when one loss alabama wins the sec oh they're going to freak one out. loss georgia is the sec runner-up one loss tennessee georgia hasn't lost a game yet yeah they're going to lose the ten or they're going to lose the Bama in the SEC championship. Georgia beats Bama. Tennessee. Yep. That's Tennessee's one no, loss, I, I and one loss saying. Ole Miss is the number four team in the state in the country. Eh, I, I have no I idea know. what they're going to do. You'll still. That's not going to happen though because Ohio State's going to run the table and they'll be in the playoff. All right, whatever you say, Nick. We'll get on to some more scores. Whatever I say, it's yeah. guaranteed. Clemson Big Ten barely year. beats unranked Florida State, thirty-four to twenty-eight. Could have been a big upset for Florida State. Would you rather see uh, the, the four? The, SEC school playoff, or would you rather see Ohio State and Clemson get in and get blown out? I don't know. At this point, can it just be the SEC college football playoff? But I don't think well, Georgia's I mean, you, you very get those, good, so I think they're going to lose. What, the you only get those three out of the SEC. Ole Miss would be a one-loss team to Alabama. Nah. But a minute. They're not making the conference championship, though, so they'll be out. Tennessee, after beating Alabama, right. you'd still hypothetically put them in the conversation. Ohio State, Michigan, though. Even a one-loss team there, what would you do with the other? Just because of the conference championship, it'd probably be Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, you'd does get an undefeated Big Twelve team get in? No. Does Clemson, an undefeated ACC team, get in? I don't know. In that scenario, well, that's a topic for another day, Colin. We'll, I'll just run you down the rest of the big scores of the weekend. Number five, Michigan State, more interesting, beats number ten, Penn State. An upset is number 20, Utah, beats number 7, USC, 43-42. to 42. Number 13, TCU upsets number 8, Oklahoma State, 43-40. Uh, Ole Miss at number 9 gets a 48-34 to 34 victory over Auburn. Um, number 18, Syracuse beats number 15, NC State, 24-9. Undefeated Syracuse, do they get in? We'll talk about that here. I'm going to give you a question. they got to win the ACC first. All right, let me run down the rest of these scores, and then I'll give you a question, and then that'll be the last question of the segment. So number 22, Kentucky beats uh, number 16, Mississippi State, 27-17. Oklahoma upsets number 19, Kansas, 52-42. to um, Iowa State nearly beats number 22, Texas, but they lose 24-21. Um, and then uh, number 25, JMU, falls to Georgia Southern, 45-38. And what was a, a very good final few minutes of the game? I caught that ball game. Uh, but biggest takeaway when it comes to – or biggest upset this last weekend in college football. What do we think? Oh, Alabama losing for sure. Yeah, it has to be Bama just because anytime they lose, it's you know pretty historic. Pandemonium and But the SEC – has dominated conference over the years. So, would we want to see a four-team SEC playoff? No. 
No, you don't want to? What if they're the, clearly the best four teams in the country? And they're going to give you the best two games. Mm. You just know chaos would ensue if you have those four teams in over potentially an undefeated Big 12 champion, which right now I believe would only be TCU. That's that possibility. You could have an undefeated team coming out of the ACC because Clemson's still undefeated, right? Yes, and so is Ohio State. Ohio State's getting Ohio State or Michigan. Yeah. Pac-12, USC, right? They won. They could be undefeated. It's true. There's all these other four conferences that could all have undefeated conference champions. But yet, four SEC teams with only one loss that... eh. It's tough expand to expand the playoff this year. Yeah, I think that's why one we're going to see an expanded playoff, but two, I think we're going to eventually see no conferences. All right, how about we hold football. this conversation, bring it back up on tomorrow's show? Okay, you want to do that? Sure. All right, we've got a lot more stuff to talk about on this edition of the Sports Mix. We got about four, thirteen minutes left. That'll do it for this seg- segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store. Not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, and his family owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. You can go to Orsini's.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll talk NFL Steelers. Get back in the wind column with the upset. The Ravens fall once again. We'll take a look at other games around the NFL. On the other side of this two-minute break, you're tuning to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. They just killed me. Whoa, we're on the air already. I'm trying to talk about Michigan, Penn State. We don't have time to talk about that. We'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. How about that? Let's get into some NFL action. Uh, first, we'll talk Steelers. Steelers get a victory yesterday over the Bucks, 20-18. to 18, uh, But, unfortunately, Kenny Pickett suffers a concussion in the loss, or excuse me, in the win, so a loss for them. But Mitch Trubisky comes back into the game, and he uh, has a relatively good, good rest of the game. He had third into the fourth quarter. Uh, but, ultimately, it was that Steelers defense that uh, stopped the two-point try uh, from the uh, Buccaneers to secure the win, twenty to eighteen, and now the Steelers are two and four. Bucks fall to three and three. Yeah, good win for uh, Pittsburgh, and like we said, or Colin was actually kind of on it. He said the Steelers would make it close, and I was doubting it. And I think Spencer, you were too, because we saw how poorly uh, they had played against the Buffalo Bills. But obviously, this year's Bucks team is just in a funk for whatever reason yeah. and can't really get things going offensively even with the weapons returning and Chris Godwin having an impact on the game and Mike Evans being out there uh this just isn't the same team I mean Brady got off to a terrible start he ends up finishing okay but 25 of 40 really isn't his normal numbers there in terms of completion percentage only six yards per pass attempt uh one touchdown no picks 243 yards and the Steelers just kind of grinded it out and found a way to win. Uh, and it was the defense, really, that held up the game for them. Yeah, the defense gets a ton of credit for that win. So uh makes things kind of interesting. I mean, the Steelers aren't completely out of it in the AFC North, which has turned into the NFC East of the AFC in a weird way. I mean, the NFC East is now competitive. 
it's like they kind of flipped how they normally do things there because everybody is kind of logged together in the AFC North right now. But that's kind of a conversation for later. Well, no, we'll talk about that now because uh, oh, okay. we got kind of short on time today. Giants get the 24-20 victory over the Ravens. Giants now 5-1. and one. The Ravens now 3-3. Three and three. It seems like a collapse for the Ravens and Lamar. Saw some fans on Twitter saying, thankfully, we didn't pay him that guaranteed money as Ravens fans. Yeah, and I understand it. I mean, I'm kind of in that same boat. I mean, the last three weeks, Lamar Jackson just hasn't looked like the player that he was the first few weeks of the season. And I think he turns into, and we saw this last year, he does this thing where the game gets close and maybe there's some injuries around him so they don't have their normal weapons. And I think he feels the need to play hero ball and he turns it over, throws in it terrible interception i mean what is he doing they are the play was already bad all right you you mishandled the snap at that point just throw the ball away yeah and then he tries to throw it across his body into double coverage and not only that the guy he's throwing to is the 300 pound fullback yeah (laughs) so i don't understand that but some of that's due to the fact that this team just doesn't have weapons at the wide receiver position with rashad bateman out right now the tight ends were getting all of the production yesterday and mainly just Mark Andrews. He was the only player with more than three catches was Andrews and 17 completions. So it's just, and he had 11 targets. The next closest was Duvernay with five targets. Yeah. Okay. Question I'll pose to you. Are the Jets legit this year? 27, 10 victory over the Packers as the Jets improved to four and two Packers now fall to three and three and two and two at Lambeau. I don't know what's going on in New York, but whatever it is, is working for the Jets and the Giants right now. So it's been a pretty good team for the Jets. I still don't think they win the division because Buffalo's in there, but they could make a wild card if they continue the success. Yeah. Also surprising team Vikings now 5-1 get a 24-16 victory over the Tua-less Dolphins now 3-3 on the season for them. They should get Tua back. I believe next week he got cleared from concussion protocol, but the Vikings, wow. I, I didn't think I'd be seeing them at week si- after week six at five and one. Well, if I two was you. back for the bad news for Pittsburgh, but we can get more into but the But back Vikings. into the Jets real quick. Their wins are over the Browns, okay, the Steelers, yeah. the Dolphins without Tua. The Packers, that's a good win maybe, but, I mean, they haven't really looked good. So I'm still kind of iffy about them, but they do have a good defense. Uh, maybe a wild card team, but I kind of doubt it. I think they'll probably finish around eight, nine wins, but they're heading in the right direction. And Robert Salas, I think, is a good coach for them. Yeah. Uh, Cowboys, Eagles last night, Sunday night football. Eagles get the 26 17 win over the Cowboys. Eagles now 6 0, Cowboys 4 2, and likely Cooper Rush's last start as Dak Prescott coming back. But the Eagles, very impressive at 6 0. Yeah, I thought maybe this could be the game that the, the Eagles slipped up in just because I was really buying into what Dallas was doing defensively but Cooper Rush really struggled last night so yeah this is uh, Dak's job once again I think all right uh I agree okay uh, Eagles are looking really good I still think Buffalo and well, Kansas well, City are better we're, we're gonna get to that so Buffalo etches out a win 24 to 20 over the Chiefs uh final really two and a half three minutes of the game uh, Bills go down score a touchdown Chiefs get the ball back with like a minute left and then, uh, weird, Patty Mahomes throws a pick and the game's over. Uh, so the Bills get the win 24-20. Bills 5-1, Chiefs 4-2. Going to see that matchup later on in the season most likely. 
But that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online, delivered to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. Back after after this two-minute break. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this segment of the Sports Mix brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Uh, we've got about a minute and 30 seconds left, guys. Uh Caps get the first win on Saturday night. They get a 3-1 victory over Montreal in D.C. Uh, big win for them. Darcy Kemper able to uh, just allow one goal in the cap. One of the year, one and two now. They play the Canucks tonight at home. Uh, it should be a good one. Uh, but tonight on TV and on Talk Radio WRNR at 6 from 6 to 8, you can catch Monday Night Mayhem live from the Neon Moon. Colin will be joined by Ernie McCook. Colin and I will be joined by Ernie McCook, Tyson Bajan, and this week, Joey Fisher, finally. Get to hear this funny story. See if he remembers it like you do. Yep, get to hear the funny story. Talk to him about the uh, Hula Bowl as well, the invite, and the, uh, what's the other bowl? I'm trying to remember. Help me out, guys. That he was just invited to. The Podium all, Bowl? All-Star Bowl. Yeah, some some weird bowl. Uh, and then we'll get we'll take you up to Broncos Chargers, which you'll be able to hear from Westwood One on Talk Radio WR and our 106.5 FM AM 740. But that will do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Again, 6 to 8 tonight. Talk Radio WR and our TV 10 WR and our TV on YouTube. Live from the Neon Moon for Monday Night Mayhem. Colin and I, so we'll talk Shepard and NFL. But for Colin, Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you later. We'll